0: And the same applies. You know, if you want it enough, you will find a way. And and sometimes it it can't but there's there's still decent meat to be had out of roadkill if you get the right stuff.
1: So here's the I think my moral of the story. Guys, if you're gonna complain about tuna fish, just remember there's another guy eating roadkill <laughs> right right now. <laughs> Guys, welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for additional savings. We're brought to you by STROM Sports Nutrition. If you're in the UK, lots of great performance supplements, health supplements over there. We're brought to you by uh, EVAL. Of course, go to EVAL Blood Analysis. If you're in the UK, you can get your blood work done by Dave. Supplementsource.ca for our Canadians. They have awesome deals that change week to week. Of course, we're brought to you by you. Our awesome people at Patreon. Thank you guys for all the support you've given us. And uh, yeah, we're going to do our PG episode first, Dave. The following
0: movie is rated PG.
1: How do you like that? You like apples? Whatever. Do you like apples? Do I like apples? Yeah.
0: This sounds like it's going to be a loaded question.
1: Well, do you like apples?
0: I like them in apple pie.
1: Well, then how do you like them apples?
0: I knew this. That was was poor. That was very, very poor, Scott.
1: I know, I know. I'm at the age where I can start doing dad jokes. So we've got a topic today. Um, No,
0: you can't start doing dad jokes.
1: Yes, I sure can.
0: No, you cannot. Your jokes are just terrible. Don't start trying to make the excuse that they're dad jokes. Your jokes (laughs) are just incredibly low quality.
1: Thank you for editing yourself. I heard an S word coming (laughs) out. Uh, so we do have a topic today on our pg episode and uh that is going to be listen i was at the grocery store recently and i feel like uh one dozen eggs cost a lot more than it used to my local grocery store i had a place man where i was buying eggs for like whoa, 79 cents 79 cents and that was like just a few years ago now they're like i think 29.50 per egg I mean, they're not really, but they're they're way more expensive. We are in an egg crisis. Not only in that, but we're like in a food crisis. Everything is more expensive. I can't get out of the grocery store without spending a couple hundred bucks. Sometimes we go to the grocery store, we end up with like three bags, and I'm like, "How did this cost a hundred and ten dollars?" And honestly, you I've keep asked myself,
0: buying lobster,
1: yeah. <laughs> and then I keep, a- I'm starting to ask myself, I'm like, man, imagine if I were new to bodybuilding and I'm trying to pound the food constantly. How am I going to be able to grow under these conditions? So, we thought that would be a great topic to talk about because this is definitely going to separate the people who really want it from the people who just, you know, kind of think it might be a fun idea for a few months because bodybuilding is getting expensive. It was never cheap, but.
0: Steal a chicken.
1: Hmm. Then you got eggs.
0: Yep.
1: And eventually, a chicken when you're yep. tired of the eggs. Yeah.
0: Well, that's that's what you see. You, you steal the chicken, and then you can eat the eggs, or if you want, you can grow more chickens, and then you've got chicken <laughs> and eggs.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's the type of information um, that people were expecting us to provide, because I don't think that most people out there... I mean, it is a great idea. Don't get me wrong, oh. I like that.
0: Also, you can look at alternative protein sources. Like what? Pigeon, cat.
1: Uh, can we think of some foods? Because what is it? It's going to number one. I think protein is always going to be the hardest, so, the most expensive yeah, I mean, thing. Right? Carbs are
0: cheap. You, you know, you you shouldn't have any issues with getting carbs on a budget. I mean, you potatoes, rice, all those sort of things—they're cheap. They are cheap foods. Yeah, protein is always going to be the difficult one, um, and, and it it is it isn't cheap. So there's there's two ways you can look at it. Is one thing is how do I reduce the cost of the food I'm buying, uh, and two is um, a broader spectrum budgeting about looking at where your finances go in general and how much you want to prioritize bodybuilding.
1: That's true.
0: Uh, And and one of the reasons, I don't even know if you have Costa Coffee in America. You have Starbucks, I think, mainly. But we have an alternative brand called Costa Coffee in the UK. I
1: I went there when I was in the UK. I had some of that coffee. it's good.
0: So, last week, I had to go to Birmingham with a friend of mine uh, as a favorite for him. And we called it Costa Coffee. We got a couple of large coffees. And you know what? They were nigh on a tenner. They were what? Uh, Nigh on a tenner. Nearly 10 pounds for the two coffees.
1: Can you say that phrase again? Because that was fascinating to me. Nyon a tenner. on a tenner. a,
0: nigh on
1: nigh a, on. Nigh on a Yeah,
0: so nigh is nearly, nearly a tenor.
1: So if I walked up and I were to just say that to somebody in England, like just randomly off the street, and I was like, nyon they would well, know no, what i because,
0: meant. No, because it's not in context, is it? it yeah, and I understand looking- that. I understand. It's that. nearly, t- it was nearly 10 pounds to buy the two coffees.
1: Yeah. That's like, uh, yeah, and, that's expensive, man. It used to be uh, like, and, a. And, I feel old now by saying this is like 79 cents per coffee and a dozen eggs.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, but that's the point, isn't it? You know, that you can look at how you budget. Yeah. In order to have more available funds for what you feel is important, but that, that's all to where you are in your priorities.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: protein sources are cheap. Uh, um, You can get lucky in the sense of, if you can afford it, that you buy in bulk in the first place. Yeah. Because then you can start buying at wholesale prices. So um, I used to regularly buy half a cow or or half a pig. Yeah. um, And stuff like that. And I remember I used to do that when I lived in Canada as well. I used to go to the local slaughterhouse and, and buy half an animal.
1: Ron Partlow is talking about starting a business um, like that, the like <clears throat> mail-order meat kind of thing where you buy a half a cow or whatever. <clears throat> that sounds like a great idea. If, A, you can afford that to buy it all at once, and, B, mm-hmm. you have the storage space because you're going to need quite a freezer.
0: The other, then the other element to look at is most supermarkets, um, grocery stores, whatever you want to call them, will have a discount section uh- for the fresh meat.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. if you can catch Um, them on its way out or whatever.
0: uh, Yeah, and you just go in, uh, last thing at night, and you'll learn from your local supermarket when they go around. You can literally ask the car staff, when do you mark down the meat? When do you put it out for, you know, get rid of cheap? Yeah. And then just go in 10 minutes before that, literally stand at the fridge that they do it in, and then fill your shopping trolley, take it home and freeze it, and use as needed. So there are ways around things like that.
1: It's going to take more work and ingenuity is what you're saying, is what that comes yeah. down to. Also, prices aren't the same at every store. So you may no, find, no. I found in the past that I'd go to one store to get this, and it's a pain in the butt, but then if you go to this other store, the eggs are a lot cheaper, or the beef's a lot cheaper, you know, and it's like. That,
0: well, most supermarkets will have something on offer as well. So you yeah. buy according to what's special offer. You know, buy meat rather than steaks or, or chops or pieces of the meat and that nature because it's cheaper. Yeah. Um, you can buy higher fat mince meat, which is very cheap, and then just slow cook it and take as much of the fat out as you can that way so you end up with a lean mince.
1: You can wash fatter meat, too. Like if you have a ground 80-20, mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. you're done with it, you can put it through um, – what do they call that? Like it's a, like a pasta thing where you have the net that it sits in, mm-hmm. whatever that is, and then nice. you can literally wash that meat and literally take like a paper towel even in. Crush the fat out of it. Is it a pain in the butt? Yeah. And and does are you losing some weight? Yeah. I don't know, but it it is cheaper. You know, I don't know how about how much, but yeah.
0: I used to use a lot of liver because it was cheap.
1: Yeah, I have a client that just asked me about that this week, and it's really it's interesting. So I never used liver before with a client. He said, "Hey, can I do this? I have a buddy that's really into liver." And i got to take this ice off my elbow. I'm icing my elbow. I have tendonitis right now. Um, And there's glycogen. There's, There's carbs in liver. I never knew that. So I'm looking at it and we tried to figure it out. So it's the stored glycogen in the liver. There's like seven grams of glycogen of carbs per four ounces. So you do have to consider that. But, you know, hey, you can grow with that. There's no question
0: yeah i mean i've 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 used liver in the early days because I couldn't afford and then I'd do stuff like you know if tuna was on offer I'd buy tuna fish stuff like bassa river cobbler they're cheap cuts of fish and, Even and, tuna yeah and and fish is relatively stable price wise as well so you can you can get things like that you can go for the the less desirable fish that is obviously cheaper it's still got a decent protein content it's still got a decent fat profile but it's just not the popular cuts, you know, it's not the stuff that people want. Yeah. Um. So that there's, there's looking at the alternative cuts to meat, you know, the, the, uh, like, again, again, the, the, the meats that are probably fattier and less popular, but they're cheaper. And then just slow cook, let the fat come out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad idea at all. And carbs are going to be easier, but I mean, everything exactly. has gone up in price. I've seen, you know, I mean, you can go to Costco and get a big old bag of rice, like a big old 20 pound bag of rice for a decent price. And that's going to last you a while, unless you're Dave Crossland. You told me uh, during under construction those days, how quickly did you go through one of those great big Costco bags of rice?
0: Well, I, I did a kilo dry weight of rice a day. So I used to buy the <laughs> 20 kilo sacks.
1: Yeah, jeez, Yeah yeah i used for to other buy the big
0: the big big sacks
1: yeah, um yeah that's just um, crazy and
0: man? i mean i used to buy sacks of potatoes but the problem with that was you you really need to be eating them because they don't uh, keep very well
1: yeah i could see that and but the other thing in, is like well potatoes? With, oh, go ahead.
0: yeah you you can prep them all yeah you can parboil them and freeze them and then they'll keep forever
1: yeah that's true
0: but it if you leave them in the sack, they'll start to root and everything. So, um, uh, and I've seen good deals potatoes... like,
1: depending on what time of year it is around Thanksgiving, they had sweet mm. potatoes or yams on sale that were like a crazy price, like 50 cents a pound or something. So, I just loaded up on yams and you know, it's, it, it, I became flexible and I decided, yeah. well, okay, I'm going to use apparently, I'm using more potatoes this week, you know?
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's really what you have to do. Yeah. Your, your protein intake and your food sources come very much depicted by what's on offer
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: you might try and keep a meal in every day that, that that's like say lean ground beef or something uh but you just end up your diet will flex around what is on offer that week or, or that month or whatever it is uh, and and you have just got to keep your eye open for the bargains you know and it might be that you go around the store and and This week, that brand of of microwave rice packets is very cheap or that brand of tuna is very cheap. And then a couple of weeks later, it's something else. And and you just have to shop around that. So it's not that you have to completely change your diet in the sense of macros, but you do have to be very flexible uh, flexible about where those macros are coming from. Yeah, I mean, you know, you'll go in some days and it might be prawns. You know, they're they're doing a big offer on prawns, you know.
1: We call them shrimp here. Uh, That's the same thing, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you can work around things like that as well. So, uh, but, uh, And season helps. So Christmas. Yes. You go in just after Christmas. Turkeys are fucking dirt cheap. Yes. Sorry, flipping dirt cheap are turkeys. They're very good. They present very good value for money.
1: It's a rated PG episode, guys.
0: So, you, you, you know, you just go and buy four five turkeys yeah put them in the freezer cook one up break it down into your meal boxes yeah do another one and you've you can probably get a month's worth of protein literally out of buying the turkeys in the sales post christmas because every supermarket's overstocked and they need to get rid of them
1: yeah i've seen like uh big pork loins that are on a really good price. They'll have those on sale and you can just chop those right up and you could trim the fat right off of them too. And you know what too, if you, if you do have to, if you do make compromises there, then maybe you can look at, well, what are my fat intakes look like? Are you getting direct fats? Maybe if you're eating a fattier meat this week, that means you're going to want to eat less of the, the actual planned fat that you plan to use. You know, maybe you have avocado or almonds or whatever else, you might not need quite as many of those because you are getting the fats then from the meat source cuz it's not quite as clean but man especially for somebody that's trying to grow muscle we have that leeway you know it doesn't have to be just you know 99% fat free ground turkey every day in order to grow muscle you know you can you have the freedom to be able to to be able but to have that, that that leeway and you'll still grow
0: you you can lean it up literally by throwing it in a slow cooker there you go because you slow cook a meat overnight even with a higher fat content and you'll come in and you'll see the fat floating on the surface. You just skim it off, clean it off. And right. you'll re- you'll reduce the fat content massively just by doing that, which gives you more leeway with the cheaper cuts.
1: Anything else we should add to that? <coughs> Any other directions besides meats? We talked a little bit about carbs. Um, fat Obviously, sources, same deal. Fish.
0: Yeah, I mean your protein sources. Are, I think people overlook fish a lot. Um, yeah, well, people want to eat
1: things they like the taste of, and they're like, well, I don't like fish." That's really what I think. A lot of the times it comes down to, but I'm, s- stick in it it a sauce,
0: yeah. get some zero calorie sauce. Just, I mean, I cannot stand the taste of liver. I hate it,
1: really. But you and ate I
0: it. ate, I ate it for years, covered in zero cal or low cal sauces. So all I could actually taste was the sauce.
1: Yeah, man, because I saw. A, a, a jar of mayo. Somebody posted a picture of it. It was like, I think $18 or something somewhere. I don't know. It was in Canada. Like the food went up faster and higher there than it did here in the US, mm. from what I've seen. But yeah, I, I encourage people to think creatively. We do have a couple of listener questions here. Like I said, we're doing our PG episode. Um,. Let me see what I got here, Dave. I, I yeah. mean,
0: you can be you can be incredibly creative if you want to be. From the point of view of you can go fish for your own food, you can go trap rabbits for your own meat. Oh yeah,
1: you know, deer. You
0: you you can hunt. Yeah, you can, and that's something that's probably much more viable in the states and Canada than it actually is in in the UK. It's not something we really have a lot of over here. Yeah, rabbiting, fishing, yeah, but hunting. Something like a deer? No, that doesn't really happen much.
1: Do you guys have any deer uh, over there? We do, but they're not
0: like the big things that you tend to see in the States. They tend to be a much smaller breed. Okay. We have whitetail
1: um, here in Michigan, and they're not as big as like the mule deer that you'll see in other states. But, heck, you can get a lot of meat off that. You could literally be eaten for months.
0: Mm, so, like I said, there, there are alternatives as well. I mean, I know – so it's a friend of my daughter's, actually. Uh, and he's he he does a lot of roadkill
1: oh now we're now we're getting hardcore here
0: But you know what i mean if if you're on your ass i mean you know we say stuff like this and then you'll see videos of african guys lifting tires and lumps of concrete and bits of wood for weights because they haven't got anything else because they don't have a gym where they are they make it up And, and the same applies you know if you want it enough you will find a way and, and sometimes he, he can't, but there's, there's still decent meat to be had out of roadkill if you get the right stuff.
1: So here's the, I think my moral of the story, guys, if you're going to complain about tuna fish, just remember there's another guy eating roadkill <laughs> right? <laughs> right now, right now. <laughs> but, you know, the,
0: the, there's so many different ways you can get food sources if you just start thinking a little bit out of the box yeah. and stop thinking that I have to walk in the supermarket and buy it.
1: Yeah. What does uh, Sam say? He says, um, uh, now I'm curious what British roadkill usually is. In the U.S., we get uh, deer as roadkill, uh, well, which can be good eating.
0: i tell you a story. So in um, – not where I live now, but where I used to live. There was a a, a, a slightly bigger village nearby called Home Firth. And um, there's a s- river stream runs right through the middle of it. And it, as a result, there's quite a few ducks about. Okay. Um, One day, and I don't understand why, I wasn't driving. Fa- I was literally going about four or five mile an hour. And this duck just flew and landed and literally landed and put its head under my front wheel.
1: Oh, <laughs> duck, you're kidding head. me. Gone
0: dead (laughs) right nothing i could do about it i couldn't stop i couldn't do anything
1: i almost got a squirrel Uh, the other day same thing he crossed the road and it's icy out and i'm driving and he literally last second dives back in i had to look in my mirror thankfully i didn't get him
0: now the guy who i was referring to was in the village saw this happen that duck was up and in his car within a minute (laughs) and he cooked it and he had duck for his tea that night and it was decent food you know what i mean so there are opportunities even over here you can eat hedgehog uh, all right you don't want it if it's completely squashed but rabbit is an extremely so good source of lean protein in Absolutely. fact if anything it's a bit bit too lean um so you know there there are and there's still wild boar in certain areas in england so Ooh. you can go get yeah. a pig
1: i hear that's real um, gamey real gamey mm. tasting is it's hard to cook boar but they do that in texas too they just because they're an invasive species that they mm. they damage the land and stuff,
0: yeah you know, i mean you there's there's a lot of things when you start really getting into the the real base stuff because you really are on a budget if if you box clever you can you can find it,
1: yeah. All right. One more message here on that topic before we jump onto to a couple of questions. Uh, Brandon says, I still stand by cottage cheese as a cheap protein source. One tub is one hundred hundred forty six grams of protein for five dollars. Three months of eating one tub a day and I'm still feeling good working nights uh, doing manual labor. It makes for a good lunch and digest slowly while I work. And I'm good by morning for meal one. So, hey, there you go. Right.
0: I like cottage cheese. I use it as a nighttime feeder in clients. I think it's but the problem is a lot of people don't like the taste.
1: And, and you know what, too? It's what can you digest? Maybe it's good for some guys and not for others. But yeah, I definitely suggest that people experiment. So we had a couple of questions, Dave. Um, for our rated PG segment, which a lot of people still enjoyed it, even though, uh, you know, we didn't talk about all the gear and stuff last time around. I'd like to take a moment to say thank you to our supporters. Thank you to the people who have helped us make this show continue to come out several times per week. So number one, thank you to our Patreon subscribers. And if you know one of our Patreon subscribers, you can thank them directly because they're the biggest driving force right now that's helping to support this show. If you want to take part in Patreon, we could use all the help we can get. We vote with our dollars, and I want to say thank you to everybody who has voted for us. Also, I want to say thank you to our advertisers. You guys have directly supported what you're doing. You believe in us, and I only work with advertisers that I believe in, too. Shopping with them is shopping with us. Use our code THINK at True Nutrition. Shop with Strom Sports Nutrition in the UK, and shop with supplementsource.ca in Canada. I'm happy to talk and give you insight on any of their products, or if I don't, know i can direct you to somebody that will appreciate you guys tuning in and thank you for all your support let's get back to the programming bill nye who was once known for uh, his science programming he's into bodybuilding now apparently question for the next show uh what do you guys do if you are moving up in weight or reps on your logbook but then you have a date where you're just noticeably weaker i clearly can't beat the logbook on this day what do you do everything is the same diet sleep etc Uh, Just every now and then, I have a weekday. Do you still try to push the weights? Um, What I do, uh, which I do, and I get frustrated as I can't move the same poundages. Any tips would be greatly appreciated. It's a great question for people that are doing progressive overload.
0: I hate logbooks for this exact reason. You cannot get strong every week. You just If you did, then every part and record in the world would be getting beaten every week. Every week. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. You're going to have weak days. You're going to have days where you drop back. You're going to have days where you stagnate, particularly when you start looking at stuff around illness. I could always tell when I was going to be ill because the workout before, my strength would drop through the floor. Yeah. Noticeably. I mean, I'd lose 40, 60, even 80 kilowatt off a big lift. You know what I mean? I really would dramatically nosedive. Yeah, I'd feel fine. For me, though I agree with progressive overload and, and it's a it's a foundation principle that I think should be employed in what we do, we need to progress. We need to be progressing. We need to aim to progress. For me, the workout is based on the damage, the fatigue, the connection with the muscle I'm training. Not on the load I move. Um, so if one week... Or one session, I find that say my 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 current bench is just for argument's sake two hundred kilos, six reps, and I go in one week and I, I work up. And you you will know before you get to that weight if you if you're pyramiding up in weight, you will know that you're not on form. Yeah, you will know that two hundred is not coming, or you're going to struggle with it. So I'd probably just sit at one eighty and push a few more reps out, or sit at one seventy and just push a few more reps out, because at the end of the day. The goal of my workout is to stimulate muscle response, yeah. not to move X amount of pounds for X amount of reps. And if on that day I can't move the load that I would have programmed into moving, then I'll move a lesser load just for more reps and, and still create the same level of intensity.
1: I think that's a, that's a great method. There's no question. Being flexible, I think, is a key. Is that the theme for today? Being flexible with your diet in the foods you pick, being flexible with the gym.
0: Well, I don't. Th- I think you've got to be careful here because I don't think you can be flexible with effort and intensity. I think that mm-hmm. always has to be whatever is your best on that given day, and it's not always going to be the same. You know, some days will be better than others. Had a shit night's sleep, stressed, whatever it may be, missed a meal. But sometimes performance in the gym is going to alter. For yeah. as long as you're giving as much as you can give on that day then you're not going to go wrong irrespective of whether you move the loads you'd like to have moved that time agreed and and i i always set trigger points where once i achieved a certain rep range or weight range then i'd increase so i was always focused on being progressive but if i found i wasn't on point one day I might even pull the weight back even further and go, right, you know what? Today I'm going to go really tight on form. I'm going to go really controlled. And I'm just going to focus on engagement rather than shifting poundage.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with you. Now, I agree with you that even if you are doing – I'm not against progressive overload first. um, And and I think that to me – My definition of it is more like what you're saying, Dave, Um, that it doesn't have to be that that for years I didn't like progressive overload because I just felt like, how can I repeat this workout after workout Um, and and still progress each time? Because, yeah, you do have that variability in how you're going to feel. And, you know, first thing I'd say to him is he said that for no reason, there was no reason he was just noticeably weaker. Now, there is very well the chance that, you know, there were no differences that he noticed. But there was, I would I would challenge him first to pay as close of attention as possible in reflecting on those days. Uh, you might not notice it, but there were something, there was something different. Maybe it wasn't in your control. But I do think that the more time you spend focusing on these things, the better we get at being able to kind of predict You know, what could cause the issues, even if they're things that you can't correct, Um, there's going to be something. There was a reason. So I would say that even if you can't change it, try to identify it. Um, And yeah, there are going to be days when you get in the gym and you pick the weights up, you're warming up. And let's say you, you pick up the 50s and they just they just fly off the rack. They don't even feel like you're holding the weight and then you grab the 70s, and they just, once again, no problem, off the rack. You just feel it in your hand when you pick them up. They feel lighter today. You know, your warm-ups all feel better, and you know that you're going to push hard. You know it's going to be a great workout. You're going to be able to progress. I would agree with you. What would I do if I got to that point where I recognize it's not one of those days? I would probably do the same thing. I would work in a lower rep range, and you know, it's almost like, um, you know, look at like periodization. I know that For me, when I've been able to push at my absolute best, one of the exercises I used a lot was the dumbbell incline press. And I knew that when I got to my ultimate strongest, like when I was able to get the 125s up for, I think, seven reps – I knew that I was not going to repeat that the following week, but I could still train hard. So I might back it down, you know. If I could get the one twenty fives for seven, then I could get the the one tens, which they're going to feel light now. You know, I'll be able to get them for at least an easy dozen, right? And then I I might go to that, and then begin to build back up. So I I usually what I would find is I'm not going to always go one twenty fives to the one thirties to the one thirty fives. It never worked for me that way. But I would find that I could do like one week, it'd be the one tens the next week, the one fifteens, and then I'd get to the one twenties and that would be like really, really hard. And then from there I'd know, okay, I'm going to go back down to the one tens and I would pyramid back up again. The next week I go heavier, the next week I go heavier. And eventually I'd get back to those one twenties or the one twenty fives, whatever that top weight again. And this time, hopefully I could get more reps out of it. I progressed that way for like two years straight still only playing in like the the 100 to the 125 pound range of dumbbells. And I progressed and I grew and I was way stronger by the end of that.
0: See, I've I've never deliberately pulled back, but I will pull back if my body tells me to do so. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? That's what I'm saying. You did the 127s or 125s in your scenario. And then the next week you went back down to 110. I wouldn't. I'd go for them again.
1: Uh here's the thing is I've learned that if I tr- if I felt like I could, heck yeah I would. There's no question in my mind. I wouldn't like just pull back because but generally after I get those 125s, I'm absolutely wrecked. Like that was so the, you, literally the heaviest thing I'd ever done in my life and my body so would require it.
0: Question for you. Yeah. How do you view progression? Progressive overload?
1: Being able to do more than you did before?
0: See, I, I don't. I um, I view progressive overload as an improvement in what I'm doing. Well, that's um, more. That's more. Yeah. Well. Okay. I, I was thinking you were referring to weight rather than. So for me, progressive nope. overload is always based around just. Um,
1: you gotta do something, Dave. Take her, stop. We don't have to talk and look at the same time.
0: Sorry, my good lady has lost her car keys. Uh oh. What do you need them for? We'll take her at DS3. Her. All right, well, I don't know where they are, Dave lost. Well, the then keys. they should be on the side. Um. So I think a lot of people view progression as linked to either weight or rep.
1: Yeah, I I, I I don't I, find it that black and white.
0: Yeah, I so say I find progression to do every... I can do the same weight, do the same reps, but the rep tempo's slightly better, or the better control slightly better, or yeah. the engagement slightly better. So there's all those aspects as well that come into progression, which I think a lot of people, they focus way too much on reps and weight when what we're aiming for in a gym is to stimulate growth. So what we should be focusing on is stimulation. Yeah. Not not uh, not reps and, and not weight, though they need to be considered. They can't be ignored either. I mean, it, it's yeah. still you're still driving to get bigger and stronger.
1: Yeah, if I could say get the one twenty fives for the uh, dumbbell incline press for seven, some let's say I, I get it for the first time. It's probably not going to be the cleanest set I've ever done, but I was able to get the one twenties with like a super super clean. Clean technique. So it's not like I just threw it all out the window. It's just there's a little bit of room for improvement. You know what I'm saying? And so with that, then, and say I got the seven reps, maybe I only get seven reps the next time, but the technique is better, you know? And to me, that is still progressing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I used to deliberately loosen up on certain exercises to break into new weight platforms.
1: Yeah. So right.
0: Brent, Brent of a row was a very good example. um For Brent of a row, I'd get a bit rhythmic on the heavy stuff and then. Once I got comfortable with the weight, I'd start to tighten the reps and clean it up, and clean it up, and then I'd push again into a more weight that'd be looser, but the preceding rate would be much tighter now, and that's how I would progress.
1: Yeah. All right, we we've got one more here. Um, Davy still can't find the keys, huh? Did you lose? Did you take the keys? Did you drive that car? So last?
0: I, d- I drove. So I drove a new car back this morning. Okay. And I have no idea where the keys are.
1: Dave lost the keys. We're watching Dave's life on un- uncoil. I right probably haven't.
0: Arms. I probably haven't.
1: Did you check in the box where the key was before? Remember when you guys lost the office keys?
0: No, I probably haven't lost the keys, but she just isn't fucking seeing them, but she's in a boot, so. <laughs> it's it's her birthday today. Oh, uh, you're kidding sure. me. No, uh, so. She's got another car she can take. I said, she said, take the other bloody car, and she's like, no, I don't want to take that car.
1: Uh, but i have got a clue where they fucking at <laughs> all right last question of the segment um have you guys ever dealt with an umbilical hernia um is it uh, manageable to continue training and compete with it thanks
0: competition wise bodybuilding you'll get marked down it's a visual deformity you will get marked down uh or don't say you get marked down it will detract from your physique and someone with the equal physique will place higher than you because of the hernia. Yeah. Um, yes, I've had one. Yes. I've had it repaired, but I didn't for a very, very long time. Uh, it never bothered me. I, I only did it. Well, basically because they offered to repair it. So I was like, all right, fine enough. Go on, do it. Nice. Um, I was lucky. My recovery was fast. Um, I was literally back to full power in two, three weeks. Um, Hmm. most people are probably, they tell you something ridiculous, like eight weeks of no lifting, but most people are probably going to find themselves able to start back in the gym, sort of three weeks post-op. Okay. Um, the first week you're going to be in a lot of pain and even standing up straight in the first week is going to be difficult. Oh yeah. I warn I warn you now the first toilet visit post-op is horrendous.
1: Oh, you better have a lot of fiber in your diet. Yep that's
0: going to hurt like a bitch but once um, once you get over that first week you st- as soon as you start getting mobile you'll find the recovery starts to speed up quite quickly
1: yeah this is a um, real common issue too for people in bodybuilding mm. like this is a, a real common one from bracing you know pressing out i got a i got a little diagram to share with the audience here so that's what it looks like and if you get that the problem is is it'll keep pressing and keep pressing Eventually, your intestines could pop out, so you don't want to let it, I mean, there there could be, it could be life-threatening if you were to just let it go and, and keep tearing it. And once you tear a piece of paper, and then you mess with it, it's just going to keep tearing. So, it's how long was your recovery? I, I, clients of mine have had about four weeks, is what it takes.
0: Oh, by the way, she found her keys. I didn't have them. Good job. Because she's just left in the car.
1: <laughs> she didn't even tell you. She just found him and left.
0: Well, that's it. She'll be in a huff because it'll be like, oh, he didn't have the... Money. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll be my folks. I've put them somewhere stupid.
1: Four weeks about recovery time?
0: Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, depending on what level you're lifting at, you, you may need another one or two. I think a lot of it is confidence as well. Having the confidence Uh-oh. to push hard again because... That's always an issue coming back from injury is is having the confidence to load what was the injury.
1: Yeah, yeah. All so right.
0: that that's a big factor as well.
1: well. Let's wrap this thing up for our PG segment of the week. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us and uh, talking about the stuff of drugs and stuff. Guys, go to uh, evalbloodanalysis.com. Get your lab work done by Dave. Go to our great sponsors, nutrition.com, and use our code THINK. Uh, we just got some of their beetroot powder, which I started using uh, for nitric oxide while training. I'll keep you guys posted about that. Um, also, go to Strom Sports Nutrition uh, if you're in the UK. Lots of great supplements there. Uh, and, of course, uh, supplementsource.ca for our Canadian people. Go to Dave. Uh, Crossroads.org.uk reach out to him for coaching McNallyDiets at gmail.com I'd be happy to talk to you for another episode of Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland I'm Scott McNally we'll see you soon